What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and today we're going to be locking in my top five rookie wide receiver rankings. I want to get all of my running back, quarterback, wide receiver rankings all locked in before the NFL draft, so we're all squared away. And after the NFL draft, all I got to factor into my post-NFL draft, like rookie rankings, just landing spot and draft capital. So without further ado, let's go. Before I get to wide receiver one, make sure if at any point in time during this video you're fucking with the content, make sure you go down below, leave a like, and subscribe, man. It really helps out the channel. It really helps our growth. At wide receiver one, we have Jamar Chase, and I haven't really gotten to talk about this guy a lot because he's such an elite prospect that he feels like Trevor Lawrence in a way where you don't really have to talk about him because just everyone everyone knows that he's fucking wide receiver one. I mean, some people out there have Devonta Smith, some people have uh, Jalen Waddle, but the majority is Jamar Chase. Even the NFL is on Jamar Chase. He's, he's supposed to be the highest wide receiver drafted right now. And I have him as the best prospect since Julio Jones, and I finally get to talk about him. The guy, uh, in my opinion, he outproduced Justin Jefferson as a sophomore when Justin Jefferson was a junior that year. He had more yards than him, more touchdowns than him on 84 receptions, 1,780 yards, and 20 touchdowns. The fact that Justin Jefferson then goes to the NFL and proves that he is a stud, puts up one of the craziest rookie seasons since Randy Moss, that means something. This is new information that I'm, I'm going to take in. I know some people are out there, you know, uh, you can't you can't do that, you know what I mean? Because like now, what, is Devonta Smith the worst prospect because uh, he had trouble beating out Henry Ruggs? Uh, yes. If, if we now know that Henry Ruggs isn't that good of a wide receiver and it gave someone in college that was competing with him problems, then that competition isn't as crazy. You know, before we were just like, oh, Henry Ruggs is a first round wide receiver. So we'll, we'll take it as that. But now we know who Henry Ruggs is. The same thing with AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. You know, DK Metcalf didn't produce with AJ Brown there, but the fact that AJ Brown, they top three dynasty wide receiver it makes sense you know aj brown was a stud so it does it, it makes sense we can give dk metcalf more of a pass and not only does it does this show up on the stat sheet in terms of jamar chase being better than justin jefferson in that season pff also agreed jamar chase put up a 91.1 offensive grade Justin Jefferson only put up 85.4. Now let's look at these numbers because it, it just puts into perspective kind of a, an unbiased source looking at film. And it, it's good that you, you want to confirm your numbers on paper with what's happening on the uh, on the field. You know what I mean? That's kind of the, the problem that we had with Nikhil Harry. His numbers were crazy and we just didn't listen to the film. With Jamar Chase, they both aligned. Jamar Chase not only had a better uh, receiving grade than Justin Jefferson that year, he was the fourth best graded wide receiver in college football and he was graded better than every wide receiver drafted in 2020 on day one and two. And it makes sense. Chase in this offense, he was that alpha dog bully x wide receiver played on the perimeter and justin jefferson you know he was in the slot he was getting the slot receptions that's why he had more receptions he was getting more targets because he's, he was that easy intermediate option and here's something i want to ask you guys you guys think that those elite corners you know cj henderson uh aj terrell trevon diggs patrick Sertain, you think that they're following justin jefferson into the slot they know oh this is a junior stud no they were on the outside guarding up jamar chase a guy that they knew was as good if not better than justin jefferson and was making big plays all over the field jamar chase as a sophomore was going up against nfl caliber corners and babying them the thing that adds on to all of this is the draft capital right now he's rumored to go top five now i'll give chase a pass if he goes top six i think that this is a historic quarterback class i'll give him a pass you know i'll still put him in this group of top five guys the wide receivers drafted top five with an 18 or 9 19 breakout age since 2002 are Corey Davis, Amari Cooper, Sammy Watkins, Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, Braylon Edwards, and Larry Fitzgerald. Julio was six overall. I'll give him a pass because AJ Green went fourth overall in that draft class. And I got to believe that if AJ Green had just came out in another year, that Julio probably goes fourth overall. So of those wide receivers I just listed, 86% of them have a top 24 season under their belt and 57% of them have a top three season under their belt. This is that 20 plus points per game upside that I've been talking about. And what further, what further assures that is that he is an alpha. He measured in six foot 201. We're looking for 511 plus 195 plus 26 BMI plus. He hits all of those 
and he's super athletic. He ran a 439, 97th percentile burst score. He's jumping out of the gym, 82nd percentile agility. There's no box that Jamar Chase does not check. Player profiler has his best comparable as OBJ. I actually like that comp. I think that he plays a little bit bigger than his size. He's really good at contested jump balls crazy like just crazy otherworldly athlete and don't don't be shocked if jamar chase goes out there has an obj justin jefferson type rookie season where he puts up 1200 plus receiving yards so at wide receiver two we have terrace marshall he's the first wide receiver in tier two jamar chase tier one wide receiver tier by himself now we're on to tier two and this is going to be terrace marshall i talked about him yesterday i called him this year's dk metcalf you know a little bit of cap a little bit of clickbait on that video but you know the vibes but the thing i'll say about terrace marshall he checks every box i look for he broke out as a 19 year old sophomore in an offense with jamar chase and justin jefferson he proved he could be a dominant wide receiver the next year he comes out his junior season makes case on Butte, plays second fiddle you know T terrace marshall completely dominated the offense he has the alpha size at 62205 uh a size that not a lot of wide receivers in this class have so he's going to be the only alpha wide receiver with a, a chance of getting drafted in the first round besides jamar chase he's an early declare he's athletic has first round draft capital like i said and i think he's super versatile man he can line up outside he can line up in the slot he's a touchdown machine he kind of reminds me of chris godwin you know one of those jumbo slot type players like a juju smith schuster too where he can just do everything inside and out the biggest downside on his profile though he has that lack of year two production when it comes to experience adjusted weighted dominate rating and yards per team pass attempt and i'll get into those stats in a second the way i'll explain that was with rashad bateman rashad bateman wide receiver three super clean prospect you know he reminds me a lot of jerry judy cd lamb he reminds me a lot of cd lamb when we look at the analytics but i really have to look at for these wide receivers i'm not going to go into it for every single wide receiver because i'd be here for hours with you but for this one we'll look at it weighted dominating yards per team pass attempt are the two stats i really have to look at weighted dominator rating that's going to be college dominating so the the market share of your receiving yards and passing touchdowns in a single offense but instead of, of splitting it even between receiving yards and touchdowns they have 80% of the number factored towards the receiving yards, 20% towards touchdowns. It's much more accurate that way because touchdowns aren't sticky year to year. A lot of them are random. You want you want to value receiving yards more than touchdowns, but you still don't want to forget about touchdowns. Then we look at yards per team pass attempt. This is going to be receiving yards divided by team pass attempts. It basically just shows dominance and efficiency. This is pretty much the best production number we have at predicting future success in the NFL. Well, on this graph, they're going to have those metrics on the left side and then on the bottom it's going to be years out of high school so that's going to be you know freshman sophomore junior senior and the dotted line across the middle is going to be the average for a top 24 nfl wide receiver what they did in college ideally we want to see our wide receiver pass that dotted line on each of the two graphs once for their first two years you know freshman or sophomore we want to see a freshman or sophomore breakout and then we want to see that followed up by a third year on that same trajectory so for cd lamb five out of six of his dots go above the the dotted line rashad bateman goes six for six despite playing with COVID in year three and played with an nfl talent in tyler johnson in year one and two rashad bateman in terms of experience adjusted yards between pass attempt and weighted dominating he is the best in this class he all three years there is no scratches on that profile and if it wasn't for his size he would be a jamar chase level prospect for me he comes in at six foot 190 and that's not alpha size so that's the slight concern we we know wide receivers that finished with 20 points per game or more those top six wide receiver seasons they only happen to big wide receivers or Antonio Brown and Tyreek Hill. But I will say that he's not a slot wide receiver. So he has this weird profile of an undersized wide receiver with long speed and not much explosion. He reminds me a lot of that Ridley profile where he's kind of like a, a, a route specialist. You know, he's great at getting separation off the line. He really gets jammed. He can play X, Z, Y. He's super smooth off the route. He has great hands. He's just slightly undersized. That's what concerns me. You know, I I like these alpha dog wide receivers. There's not a lot of them in this class. Rashad Bateman, if he came in at that 6'2", 210, he would be in tier one. He could easily end up as like a, a Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs level talent. It's just his upside is limited. There's not a lot of wide receivers that look like that. But what I will say is that I think that Rashad Bateman has the highest floor in this class behind Jamar Chase. 
And he's somebody that him and Terrace Marshall in tier two are neck and neck. It's pretty much going to come down to landing spot and draft capital between the two of them. But for now, I have Terrace Marshall just ahead because I like the alpha upside a little bit more. Then we have tier three and our wide receiver four is going to be Rondell Moore. And I've already made a video on him. I made a video on why he's Saquon Barkley 2.0. And it's because he's an athletic freak, man. He reminds me of Mighty Mouse. You know, player profiler has him as Ant-Man. He ran a 4.3740. He has 96th percentile explosion, 94th percentile agility. He is a wild, wild athlete. No other wide receiver in this class posted a 30% plus dominant rating in their freshman season besides Rondell Moore. Again, 30% dominating means that he accounted for 30% of his offense's passing yards and passing touchdowns, which is insane to do as a freshman in the Big Ten. Since 2015, the only 18-year-olds to post a 30% plus dominant rating are Juju Smith-Schuster, Corey Davis, Tyler Boyd, Tajay Sharp, Amari Cooper, and Stephon Diggs. 33% of those guys posted a top 12 season and 83% of them posted a top 24 season. This is really good company to be in for Rondell Moore. And like I said, his biggest downside is his height and his biggest downside is going to be his injury history. In terms of height, we want those alphas. We want those big dogs because that is what gives us those high-end, high-end producers in fantasy. And at 5'7", he comes up he comes up just short from that 5'11 threshold. And the injury thing, I talked about his freshman season. His freshman season is super solid, but after that, he didn't do much. He had two injuries in his final two seasons of Purdue that kept him out, but they were nothing crucial. It wasn't like an ACL tear or anything crazy. It was more, I went crazy my freshman year. I think I showed enough in that year. I'm not going to keep on playing on an injured leg to try and prove myself or hurt myself. There just wasn't a need for it. He showed enough in his freshman season to the point where he didn't have to do anything else those next two years. So I'm, I don't really hold it against him too much. To me, his freshman season is really all I needed to see. And in my opinion, if there's anyone in this class that can be T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks, you know, and break the mold of being a small receiver, but being a high-end fantasy producer, it's probably Rondale Moore. The last wide receiver we're going to talk about today at wide receiver five, is going to be Jalen Waddle. And I can already hear you guys. I know that you guys are not happy to hear Jalen Waddle because I think that there are Jalen Waddle fans out there. But for me to leave Devonta Smith off my top five wide receivers, I think a lot of people aren't, aren't going to be happy with that. I'll explain why in a second why I have him above Devonta Smith. I'll also say Devonta Smith weighed in at 166 today. That's, dude, 6'1", 166. Marquise Brown looks goofy on the field at 5'9", 165. Devonta Smith is going to look like a twig out there. He's going to look like Wiz Khalifa with a helmet on. Now, the reason why I like Waddle more than him and why I like Rondell more more than him, these small, compact wide receivers, these are dynamic betas. I'm going to make a, a video. I think I'm going to make one later today on what dynamic betas are. And I got to do some research on it, but I'm starting to think that beta wide receivers who are also super dynamic are, have a better chance at hitting. Now I don't have the research for it yet. I'm going to get, I'm going to dive deep into it, but T Y Hilton, Tyree kill, Antonio Brown, Randall Cobb, all some of the most prolific beta dynamic players in college that we know. Now, what do I mean? What do I mean by dynamic? This is rushing and return ability at wide receivers. So we want players that can be used in the rushing game, can be used to make plays in space, you know, the screen game. We want guys that just are playmakers. That's what Tyree Kill is. That's what Antonio Brown are. The guys that just need the ball in their hands whenever. Now, if we're talking about dynamic, I, I will say Rondell Moore, he put up like, I want to say like 500 rushing yards his freshman year. He's a crazy dynamic player. Alan Waddle, though, is a legendary return man in college, and he is probably one of the most dynamic playmakers in this class. Probably the most. On 38 career punt returns, he averaged 19.3 yards per turn and took two of them to the crib during his college career. Let me say this. On punt returns, you're lucky if you get five, maybe 10 yards. On a 38 return sample to have 19 plus yards per punt return, that is an insane, that is as dynamic as it gets. In this play, this play will always stick out to me with Jalen Wall, the type of playmaker he is. He's got face masked by LSU and he stills taking that thing to the crib. You know, he kind of spins off it and just gets out puts on the burners. I have no doubt that he has like 4-4 speed. And now we know he's dynamic. We know that he looks good in space. Let's get into numbers on Watt a little bit. The analytics guys are going to say like his numbers, his production, you know, they're bad. But I actually think that he has probably one of the most impressive freshman seasons I've seen. It's not going to be Rondell Moore level, but when we're talking about 
when we're talking about Alabama offense, I know that I just kind of disparaged, you know, Judy, Ruggs, Devonta Smith a little bit, or more Ruggs than Devonta Smith, but as a true freshman on Alabama, this is unheard of. As a true freshman, he comes in there with Henry Ruggs there, Devonta Smith. He outproduces them. He puts up 45 receptions, 848 yards, and seven touchdowns. Not only do, I, do the stats guys think that this is impressive, so did PFF. PFF had him graded as the highest wide receiver on Alabama that year, even though Judy not only outproduced him, but I'm pretty sure Judy got a Bolitnikoff award that year. So as a freshman, he had the highest receiving grade on the team, and not only the highest receiving grade on the team, as a true freshman, Jalen Waddle had the fifth highest grade in the NCAA. You guys might just say PFF, you know, they're garbage, whatever, they don't know what they're talking about. I will say they don't use bias in their rankings. They had DK Metcalf as their wide receiver one in 2019. Nowhere did, did he have an insane receiving grade. The same thing can be said about Jalen Waddle. As a freshman, the PFF guys, none of them are like trying to pump his numbers or anything like that. Like they don't care. He's a freshman. It's not going to affect the draft in the next for the next two years. So what the, the numbers are putting out there are purely unbiased. Uh, his sophomore season is a little bit concerning. He got outproduced by Devonta Smith in his sophomore season. Sophomore year wasn't that great. And that's one of the downsides of his profile, but his size and his sophomore season. But let's let's fast forward to 2020. He gets hurt after four games, but he balled the fuck out in those four games. And I prefer Jalen Waddle to Devonta Smith because he's more dynamic. He showed more at a young age and he produced as well as a senior Heisman on the team. He's also an early declare. Early declares we know produce more fantasy points than late declares or senior wide receivers. Now I will say, I, I said I have tier one, tier two, tier three. Tier three has Rondell Moore, Jalen Waddle, and then the two players that I didn't get to mention are going to be Devonta Smith and Elijah Moore, all in the same tier. If you jumbled those players any way you want, I really wouldn't bat an eye at it. So after the draft, Devonta Smith could be at the top of tier three and be wide receiver four because of draft capital and landing spots. So I'm not saying that Devonta Smith isn't a good wide receiver. I'm not saying he's a not a top five wide receiver. He's in that tier three for me, but for now I have Rondo Moore and Jalen Waddle over him. If you made it this far, man, I appreciate it. Make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. We're at like 688 subscribers right now. We're growing pretty fast, man. I'm really happy with the way that this channel's going, man. I love the community we're building, man. Make sure you go down below, join the Discord, man. That's where we're gonna have our subscriber leagues. That's where we talk about fantasy every single day. We have mock drafts going on there. We have a lot of really cool stuff going on in the Discord. It's at the top of the description, man. You just click on the link and you're in there. Now, before I leave, man, make sure you follow me at Ronstore underscore on Twitter. I'll see you guys in the next one. Nowadays, I am on my head, I got sadder Money got longer, speaker got louder Car got faster Money so old, dollars